What's up, guys? It's episode 13 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast. Back here with you on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, I am extremely excited for this week's episode. Guys, thanks as always for listening to the previous episodes of the podcast. Excited to be back with you again this week, heading into your weekend. We're even closer to another NBA season. Last episode, I ranked the Eastern Conference, did a bit of an Eastern Conference preview, went 15-1 to and ranked where I thought all 15 of the Eastern Conference teams would finish in the 2019-2020 standings. It's only right that we do the Western Conference next. And obviously, there's a lot of teams to look out for. This is more really, not only for Knicks fans, but for general NBA fans that listen to the show Uh, there's a lot to talk about in the West. I think it's honestly, in my opinion, more interesting than the overall storylines in the East. Obviously, more talent will do that. There's more talent in the West. It's deeper in the West. There's more storylines in the West and more drama in the West as well. A lot of moving parts that we'll try to get to when we get to each team as well. We're counting it up from 15 all the way to who will finish first in the Western Conference, and even more than the Eastern Conference show, and a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of people, I should say, were commenting on last week's show where they thought certain teams should be, how I overrated a couple of teams, maybe underrated one or two teams as well. I love that discussion. I read most of the comments uh, from last week's show. I didn't get to everything, uh, but I, I do. I, I think it's going to be even bigger of a debate for the West. I really do. I think there's a lot of spots in the Western Conference, where it could go either way. There's a lot of, who are you buying in on? You know, whose injuries aren't going to affect their team the most? Which stars are going to be able to carry their teams? And that this is all going into my decision in this year's, you know, projections for, for the 2019-2020 NBA Western Conference standings. Now, before I let you know my thoughts on next year's, this upcoming year's standings, Let's recap what happened last year from 15-1. to 1, The Phoenix Suns finished last. Then the Dallas Mavericks, followed by the New Orleans Pelicans. The Memphis Grizzlies finished in 12th. The Timberwolves finished in 11th. The Lakers in 10th. Sacramento finished in 9th. Clippers 8th. Spurs 7th. OKC 6th. Utah 5th. Houston 4th. Portland 3rd. Denver 2nd. And, of course, the Golden State Warriors finished first, and then, of course, got eliminated in the NBA Finals by the eventual champion Toronto Raptors. All right, let's get into it. We'll get through all 15 to 1, who I think will finish where in the 2019 NBA Western Conference standings. Number 15 is not one that I thought I'd ever put down in the foreseeable future until what happened this offseason, and there were three teams that I debated putting in this spot, and and they are the top, or I should say the bottom three that that you'll hear in my standings here. I think any of the three teams off the top, or rather here at the bottom, could finish dead last. But I'm picking this team for two reasons, and that team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And and I have the Thunder last. That might shock some people, uh, but there's two reasons for that. I, I, number one, I look at the roster. I like some of the pieces, to be honest with you. I like Dennis Schroeder. I like Steven Adams. Uh, Danilo Gallinari is injury-prone. 
Uh, I like Shea Gilders Alexander. I like Hamadou Diallo a bit. Nerlens Noel's been injury prone, but when he's played, he's been good. Justin Patton is an unproven player, and and there's a couple of other guys. I mean, Mike Muscala, uh, not really. I mean, Deontay Burton, who's a youngster, uh, still in the league as well. So there's not a lot to work with on the roster, and then of course the wild card, that is CP3. And in my opinion, I think Chris Paul is going to try to get out. So I, this that's that's the biggest reason why I don't think this team is going to be very good. Even if Chris Paul plays, I don't think he's that much of a difference maker because he wants to get out. He wants to win a championship. He's getting older. It's his 15th year in the league coming up this season. But on top of that, I don't think there's really much here. I, I, I mean, Andre Roberson's another guy that I should mention as well, coming off an injury. So I, I don't love this team. I don't love where it's at. The draft wasn't very kind to the Thunder. And the offseason was awful for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Having to trade Paul George and have to work out what's happened with the rest of the roster and the fact you know and losing and you know trading Russell Westbrook as well the fact that they lose Westbrook and lose Paul George this is now a rebuilding team and for me out of the three rebuilding teams at this bottom level this bottom tier they're in the worst shape because of the fact that Chris Paul will likely leave if he can and I think even if he stays, he's not going to try to help the young guys. He wants to get out of there. And he's even if he plays, he's not that effective. Last year was the worst year of his NBA career, statistically, on the offensive end of the floor. So I, I think that Chris Paul is going to be more of a hindrance than a help, even if he does stay in OKC. For me, I, I think they're last. And, and, I, and I think there's going to be, you can make the argument for the next two teams, but for me, I, I think the with those two big factors, you lose Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Chris Paul is not going to be much of a help. And then the fact that you didn't do great in the draft and the fact on top of that, that there's not a whole lot here to work with in general. I'm not saying there's no talent, but this team is not going to win a ton of games this season. Sam Presti is going to be wanting to tank, I think. I think this team is going to finish, if not last, very close to last and for where OKC has been their fans are, are not going to be used to this kind of a season since they moved from Seattle this will be the worst season in Oklahoma City history and I think it could make them the worst team in the West for 2019-2020 that might be a shock to a lot of people but I think it's very possible number 14 I I, I really I feel like I wanted to put this team higher, but I just, I, I stopped myself. And I think I, it's because I looked at the roster, I looked at the schedule, and I just don't see it. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, I think they did pretty good in the draft. I love Ja Morant. I think Tyus Jones being on this roster is interesting as well. Kyle Anderson, I, I don't know yet. I, I feel like I, I think he, he his time may have passed him. He's a fifth-year guy, and I don't know if we've seen enough out of him. Grayson Allen's a huge wild card. I, the shenanigans in the summer league are getting tiresome. I think if I'm a Memphis Grizzly fan, and this continues even once during the regular season, I'd want him out. I, I, this, this should not be an attitude of a professional basketball player. And the fact that this wasn't addressed at Duke is mind-numbing to me. This is Coach K. He had four years to figure it out with Grayson Allen, with his attitude. Never did it. I, I, this is and for Grayson Allen not to man up and and stop complaining. Stop throwing these cheap shots around. Stop. You're a man. 
That's disrespectful. I, this, I mean, who taught you to do this? Childish play. Childish behavior. If you don't get it right, you're not going to be in the league very long. And that's the thing. This is a talented kid. A freak athlete. A good jump shooter. A decent, a decent, and maybe that's being a little too strong, but a decent defender. And can get better in all those areas. But goodness gracious, man. Man up. So he's a wild card on this team, but I don't trust him. Jaron Jackson's a big wild card. Ivan Rabb, so far in the NBA, unproven. Josh Jackson is still trying to figure his way in the NBA as well. Miles Plumlee's been in the league a little bit. Can be a veteran. Solomon Hill as well. Jay Crowder also. Andre Iguodala, 15 years in the NBA. A veteran presence on this team. But you also have a guy like Dwight Howard who, I mean, my God, how is he still in the league? I feel like if anyone should be exiled like Carmelo, it's Dwight Howard. So, I, again, I don't love how the pieces fit. I, I Listen, there's Jonas Valanciunas, by the way, also on the roster. Should should definitely mention him. There's talent. But in this, like, listen, if these teams were in the East, they would not be finishing last. I think we could all agree with that. But it's the West. This is totally different. And I, I see Memphis possibly finishing last. But I like, I, I like their pieces a little bit more than I like OKC's. And they're a little bit younger as well. Rookies in the draft. John Morant, I think, could be a stud. And I like Brandon Clark, the kid out of Gonzaga. But he's got to prove it. You know, the Brandon Clark's a kid, 6'8", a little undersized at his position. He's got to be able to prove it with his shot-blocking ability and his rebounding in the NBA. And, I, I mean, shooting, I, I don't think he's going to give you much. But I like what Clark can do. I love John Morant. I think he fits pretty well now that you've gotten rid of Mike Connolly Jr., they finally made a decision on that. So Morant and Tyus Jones is a nice place to start, but then there's too many question marks on the rest of the roster for me. 14th feels like the right spot for the Memphis Grizzlies, and there's not too much wiggle room. I'd be surprised with Memphis. There's too much. There's too many unanswered questions on a team that's probably rebuilding. Again, and that's what it comes down to for me 13 I thought about putting this team last and maybe it's because they finished their last season but I I again I like what I like what they did in the draft number one but I also like some of these guys as far as developing moving forward I do have a couple question marks of course that's the Phoenix Suns I have them at 13 finished dead last last season I like some of the pieces I'm a huge Devin Booker guy I think he's a great player. He's injury prone, though. That's a big question mark for me if he can stay healthy. Tyler Johnson, Dario Saric, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Aaron Baines, and, and Ricky Rubio. You know, if you throw in Kelly Oubre and hopefully getting something out of Frank Kaminsky and Sheck Diallo, I like that as a roster. I like what they did in the draft. I, I, I like Cam Johnson a lot, the kid out of North Carolina. He's an interesting draft pick for me. I, I think the Suns could get a lot out of him. I, I think they could. Ty Jerome, another draft pick out of Virginia. I, I worry about his size. I, I worry about his strength, but a great ball handler, a great shooter, really smart player, dynamic in the open floor. Pretty quick guy, a quick guard, but but can really survey and break down a defense. 
I just don't think that he breaks into this roster in his first season as far as getting a lot of playing time as well. They took a shot at, at Tariq Owens, uh, a really good athlete, defensive player out of Texas Tech, also played at St. John's and Tennessee, bounced around a bit in college, but was on a Texas Tech team that lost to Virginia in the national championship game. A guy that's going to fight through anything. We'll play for you no matter what. I like that attitude being on this team. I just worry about Devin Booker's health a little bit. Cam Johnson's a little injury prone as well. Coming in from North Carolina. Listen, I think Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton are two studs. But second year, they got they got to prove it. They've got to be better than they were last year. You know, Show the improvement. Javon Carter, kid out of West Virginia. Going into his second year, I think I think shocked a lot of people with how well he played in his first season, especially defensively. That's his game. Played at Press Virginia, West Virginia, if you will, under Bobby Huggins, Huggy Bear. And I, I think he did really well in college, and I think he's done pretty well for himself in the NBA so far. So again, I like the pieces a little bit better than the other two teams, which is why I have them here. Upside is kind of my theme so far with you know deciding between these three. But I don't think they get much higher because, I again, a lot of unproven talent, even guys that have been in the league three, four, five years that are a bit unproven, uh, you know, a Frank Kaminsky, a Kelly Oubre, you know, guys that will give you something, but, you know, again, are not dynamic players. You know, Aaron Baines is a grinder, uh, you know, a solid player, a, a good athlete and physical specimen down low. But again, you know, he, he's a piece. So uh, it's not a full team. They're getting there in Phoenix, and I think that that'll show next season. I think they move up a couple of spots. And, you know, for a team that won, well, geez, was it 15? Oh, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm underselling it. Was it 19? Yeah, 19 wins last season for Phoenix. I think they could get to 25, 26, maybe even a little bit higher. Uh, the team that finished ahead of them last season, which was Dallas, had 33 wins. I don't know if they get 33, but I think they'll make a, a run for it. I like Phoenix. I don't love Phoenix. I think 13th is a good spot for the Phoenix Suns. All right. At number 12, again, a team that I I, I thought could be a little bit lower. I, I really did. But I I just don't know. I don't know where I'm at with this team yet. And that's the New Orleans Pelicans. I, I wanted to put them lower initially. I, I think when I was per, first putting this list together... I wanted them at 14 or 15, but then I looked at the schedule. I looked at the roster. I look at who's, who, you know, the coaching staff. I look at the front office. I, I kind of like what I'm seeing. I like Etwan Moore. I like Brandon Ingram. You know, these, some of these are, you're going to hear a lot of Laker leftovers here. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. I like True Holiday. Frank Jackson's kind of been a forgotten guy. I'd like to see him pick it back up again. Derek Favors has been a solid player. Jaleel Okafor found a little bit of something last year. I'd like to see how he does. We'll see what we see out of Zion Williamson. I worry about he's already been injured. I'm worried about that. Jackson Hayes, a kid out of Texas, is a, is a very good athlete. Nikhil Alexander-Walker out of Virginia Tech could have a lot of upside. So they did pretty well in the draft. J.J. Redick comes over, a veteran guy that can shoot the ball, play defense, is a good leader out on the floor and then you know uh, Cavell Bigby Williams out of LSU is a bit of a wild card and then a couple of two-way players Darius Miller's a kid out of Kentucky and then a foreign player as well mixed in in Melly the Italian I, I don't know yet about this roster I, I don't know yet 
But if Zion puts on a show, I mean, the Laker guys from L.A., you know, Hart and Ingram and I'll even say Ball, you know, mixed with Holiday favors Zion and Okafor, that's a pr- and Redick and and maybe some of the other rookies, Etwan Moore mixed in as well. That's not a bad roster. I like that roster actually. Now again, there's a lot of Dukies on this team that need to prove themselves. Specifically, I'm not just trying to single out Duke, but a lot of youngsters from Duke that that are still haven't proved themselves yet. Zion, Frank Jackson, Jaleel Okafor. I like what Brandon Ingram brings to the table. I, I really do, and I also think that JJ Redick is a welcomed addition to the roster. And in the post-Anthony Davis era, I'm not saying that this team isn't rebuilding, but I think 12th is possible. I think 33 wins, 35 wins is not out of the realm of possibility. I think they could finish lower. I I thought about putting them 14th, but then I look at the roster and I think there's a lot of talent here. And again, if Zion is healthy, look out because he he can win games in the NBA with, with with what's around him. I'm not saying he's going to be the star of the team. You know, this isn't going to be a LeBron situation with the Cavs back in the early 2000s. But I, I like Zion a lot. I really do. And I think with the guys they have around him and the guys they brought in from the Lakers in the trade for Anthony Davis and the veterans like Moore and Redick, along with True Holiday, I like it. I, I can't say I don't, but they're rebuilding. And if Zion gets hurt, they, they're not going to do very well in my opinion, and and Derek Favors, by the way, mixed in as well. So I like where this team is at, but I think 12th is a fair representation for where the Pelicans will finish this season. Again, there's wiggle room there. I, you know, if you think that they're going to finish lower, I, there's a case to be made, but I, I like some of the upside on this team, and I'm going to go 12th place uh, for the Pelicans. All right, 11th is a team that I that I thought may finish higher. I, I thought going into this season that they could have been a team to watch. Uh, I really did, but the the roster is underwhelming for me. I, I don't love how the season finished for this team last year. And this is a team that only won 36 games a season ago. I don't think they win much more than that. They finished 11th last season. And I've got the Timberwolves back at 11th again. I, I don't know if this is a team that can get much better with the way the West is right now. Carl uh, Anthony Towns right off the bat's a stud. Gorgie Dang, Gorgie Dang out of Louisville, solid player. I like Andrew Wiggins. Robert Covington's a nice role player. Um, you look at some, I mean, Shabazz Napier's a role player. Trevion Graham, uh, Tyrone Wallace, Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman. Uh, yikes. Uh, Jalen Noel's a rookie. Jordan Bell's an athlete, uh, third year out of Oregon. You know, Nasri, Keelan Martin, Jordan McLaughlin are the two-way players. I don't know how much playing time they're going to get. I like their upsides. I don't know about playing time. Love Jeff Teague still. I still like Jeff Teague, but again, on this roster, I, I don't love this team as a whole to go much further. And Josh Akogi is a kid out of Georgia Tech that I liked in college that I'm starting to see some flashes in the NBA. This feels like the same sort of team as last year. A team that, you know, could be and probably should be challenging for the playoffs, but I just don't think they're good enough. And I think that that puts them at 11th for me. I think they'll be borderline a playoff team for most of the season, but in the West, they're going to get beaten down, I think, by a lot of these teams that I'm about to mention. This, you know, 
nine, ten higher. You know, now we're talking playoff potential for these next teams, the next ten teams on the list. I don't think that I don't think the Timberwolves get there. I, I don't think so. They feel like the same roster as last year as far as the way they play, you know, personnel. Um it's a little blah for me. I, I I think that the best they can do is tenth, but I don't think they get higher than that. I don't think they get in the playoffs. Tenth is a team that almost shocked the NBA by getting into the playoffs last year. Team that everybody always put at the bottom, but they've started to show some promise, and that's the Sacramento Kings. I got them at tenth, and I, I maybe I'm buying into last year's hype a bit. I, I think they could take a step back this season. And to be fair, uh, for my placement, they actually finished ninth on thirty-nine wins last year. I actually got them finishing a spot below that this year. Forty wins is definitely possible for this team. And when you look at the roster, I don't think you can really argue that. I like Buddy Heald a lot. I think he could be a stud for a long time in the NBA. I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. I love De'Aaron Fox. I wish the Knicks could have snagged him. There were a lot of people talking about his lack of size as far as his girth. The dude is a track star out on the court and is a heck of a ball handler. And he's getting further along with his shooting as well. Kids are stuck. They got uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. I love Marvin Bagley III. I think he did what I thought he was going to do last year. And that's be a stud down low. And he's got a good three-point jump shot as well. I think people that were underestimating him didn't watch him enough in college. Kids mature beyond his years. Uh, great with the media. Great with his teammates. And is a talented pl- talented player. Full package. Marvin Bagley the third, Sure thing for me. And, and Sacramento hit the nail on the head by snagging him. Uh, the only guy that's played more than... Well, six years, eight years in the league is Trevor Ariza on this roster. He's played 15 years in the NBA. It's a nice veteran presence to have. Harrison Barnes is second, or rather third on the team with seven years. I like Corey Joseph being on this team as well, eight years. Uh, the Canadian out of Texas. Uh, Damian, or excuse me, Dwayne Dedman is on the roster as well. Listen, I, I don't love what they did in the draft, but I think Kyle Guy out of Virginia is, is, is a two-way player on the roster. I like him. As a possible X factor, if he can make the you know the rosters a playoff a you know pl- pl- plug and play guy, uh, for lack of a better term, Yogi Ferrell is a guy that really proved himself with Dallas. Uh, was it a year or two ago? Kid can just flat out put the ball in the hole. He's a stud. He, he, I I don't think he's a talented enough player uh, to be a huge player on this roster. But when you when your career's on the line and you put up the numbers that he did over a two week stretch to make and stay make you know make a make a name for yourself and then stay in the NBA, this dude has got some onions on him. To quote the great Bill Raftery, uh, kid out of Indiana, I love Yogi Ferrell as a player and as a person on this roster as well. Harry Giles as well, along with Caleb Swanigan, uh, another couple of guys in that in that front court that could be interesting. For the Kings, I still like the potential in the roster. I like some of the veteran mixed in here. And I think Marvin Bagley could have a huge second year uh, along with Harry Giles, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald also in their third and fourth years respectively. I really like the roster. I think there's now some depth in the roster as well with a couple of guys I didn't even name like Tyler Lydon and Rashawn Holmes. 
Um, again, not all these guys are going to be big factors. You know, Justin James as well, a rookie. These are guys that aren't going to be huge factors, but I like the core that's there and what could be coming up behind them. That's my point. And I think that the Kings in 10th is a pretty solid spot for them. And I think in a, in, I think in a year or two, they're going to be in the playoffs. I, I, if they keep going like this and they keep drafting like they're drafting, this is going to be a team that next year could be the eighth seed, or rather not this upcoming year, but 2021, 2020 to 2021, and then 2021 to 2022, the, this could be a team that is in the playoffs and trying to make some noise. So I, I think that the Kings are on the right path, but I think that they finish, yes, a spot lower than last year, but they could get 40, what do they have uh, last year, finishing ninth. Last year they had 39, they could get 42, 43 wins. So uh, they'll push for a playoff spot. I don't think they'll get it, but I, I like the Kings. I like the future of that franchise. And I don't think anybody would have said that, what, two or three years ago about where Sacramento's been at, but they figured it out. You give them a lot of credit, and I think in two years they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think that's going to shock a lot of people. This might be... Whew, this is probably my biggest call. Um in the entire, maybe not the biggest call is like where the team is going to be, but this is probably my biggest surprise. I thought I'd have this team higher when I first started putting these rankings together, um, but I didn't have them much higher than where I have them. Um, so I, I'm sticking with where I've got them. Ninth place, just missing out on the playoffs, believe it or not, I've got the Dallas Mavericks there. And I, I think everyone is buying in on KP and again, I'm a Knicks fan. You want to take that for what it's worth. Uh, if you think I'm a KP hater, um, I'm really not. But if you want to, if you think I'm a Knicks fan and you want to just plug that in, uh, that's on you. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you that I don't like KP, although I didn't think the way that it ended uh, with the Knicks was totally on the Knicks. I think he was a part of that as well. Um, I worry about his injuries. Uh, I think you know that's the big reason I think it was right for the Knicks to trade him. I, you know, he is, he, he oh, yeah, yeah. His future in the NBA is bleak right now. At his size, 7'3", 240, I, I don't know how many games he's going to play this season for the Dallas Mavericks. Now listen, Dwight Powell, Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, DeLon Wright, Seth Curry. You, you throw in, uh, you know, well, J.J. Barea. As well, a couple of rookies. I like Isaiah Roby uh, out of Nebraska, along with Dakota Mathias out of Purdue. I don't think they'll be big factors this year, but for the future, they're not. Uh, they're pretty solid picks. Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith, or they could be solid picks, I should say. Dorian Finney-Smith is is a depth player. I I like the roster, but I worry about Doncic and KP's health on this team. I like Jalen Brunson's development. Courtney Lee's a veteran. J.J. is a veteran. Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, can't carry the team without KP and without Luka Doncic. I think Luka Doncic, if he's healthy, has a monster second season. But I don't think it's enough for the playoffs, especially if KP's dealing with injuries during the season because of the injury potential. I love, but By the way, Love the Seth Curry edition. I think it's a phenomenal job by the by the Mavs to to get that done. I like the roster a lot, but I I worry about the injuries. So ninth for me, I think is a safe bet 
for the Mavs. I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs. They can. They absolutely can. Even in this Western Conference, they can. But I've got them finishing ninth. I don't trust the injury part of this. And I think that's kind of what holds me back. I think when you see who's in my top eight, I think you may have the same thought. I I just don't think in the West specifically, if they were the, you know, Charlotte Mavericks, they were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be in the playoffs. I think this is a team that would would do well in the East. But in the West, it's too deep up top. I, I I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they make it. I've got them in ninth. You know, bash me for KP, or, or if you think I'm a Knicks homer, if you want, but you you deal with the injuries. You know, you take that chance. I'm not doing it. So you you uh you 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 form your own opinions. That's how I feel about where the Mavs are at. All right, we're heading into the playoff teams, but before we do, I got to take a quick break on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. When I come back, who's gonna make the playoffs? Where are the play where are the playoff teams seated? All that and more next, and who's going to win the West in the regular season next season as well? Next on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast. All right, we go into the playoff teams now. Just a quick recap of where I'm at so far. Again, I'm ranking my predictions for the upcoming season in the NBA Western Conference. This is what I have so far I have OKC finishing dead last in 15th. Memphis in 14th, Phoenix 13th, the Pelicans 12th, I've got the Minnesota Timberwolves in 11th, I've got the Kings 10th, and the Mavericks 9th. All right, playoff teams now in the Western Conference. Where do I start? I I, I start obviously at 8th. I, I didn't take a lot of time with this one. I felt confident right away. I got the Spurs eighth in the West. And I don't know if they can go any higher than that. I, I Because of what's ahead of them. You know what I mean? I, I Listen, I trust Pop more than anybody. I, I think Pop's out. God, if there was a Hall of Fame bigger than the Hall of Fame for coaches, Greg Popovich would make it. First ballot. He's that big of a deal. However, the roster is a little dry for me. Uh, listen, LaMarcus Aldridge, how many more years are we expecting him to be that you know the big workhorse? DeMar DeRozan's still a stud. Jakob Pertl's part of this team in a big way. Derek White, Patty Mills, uh, Lonnie Walker, Marco Bellinelli, you know, Bryn Forbes, some depth guys, Chemezi Metu as well, throwing in Damari Carroll, Rudy Gay, Trey Lyles. And once again, I think Pop nailed it in the draft. I think Keldon Johnson is a steal for the for the Spurs. A steal. I think he could be a really good player in the NBA. And the Spurs got him for a steal. I, I can't believe that happens. Like the Patriots always finding the right draft pick. This, this guy is a stud. I, I, I think Keldon Johnson should have been a top 10 pick. The Spurs snatched him. Just absolutely snatched him out of thin air. I think that's a fantastic draft pick. I like some of these depth draft picks as well. I, I really like, I really like Diedrich Lawson with this team specifically. I th- I thought for me when I was thinking of him draft wise, you know, doing my college hoop stuff, I, I thought that Diedrich Lawson really only could have worked on a playoff team as a draft pick or or as a as a rookie. I should say, the Spurs are a perfect fit, a perfect fit 
for Diedrich Lawson. He reminds me of a young LaMarcus Aldridge in a way. With his size, he's a little bit shorter than LaMarcus and weighs less, but his style offensively is very fundamentally sound. He's a really good shooter, and he is willing to learn. I think it's a nice depth pick for this for this roster. I think because it's pop, because there's veterans on this team, and because there's a couple of stars in DeRozan and Aldridge, I think they just get in. It's going to be a struggle for the Spurs, but I think Spurs fans will still appreciate the kind of basketball that they're seeing. They'll appreciate some of the young guys that get into the fold this season. You know, a, a, a DeJounte Murray, possibly. You know, Jakob Pertl, still pretty young as well. Derek White, Bryn Forbes, Keldon Johnson, Trey Lyles, Dejic Lawson, I'm hoping as well. And listen, that's nice. That's a solid young group that the Spurs have. With Popovich as the coach, I, I trust him more. With, with Not that Rick Carlisle with the Mavs is not a great coach, but then I look at the roster, and, and I think I like where the Spurs are at. I think Pop gets more out of it in the end than Carlisle does, and I think Carlisle's going to be dealing with injuries. I really think that's the difference between these two. I think Carlisle is going to be dealing with injuries a lot this season, and it could be to two of his biggest players, potentially, because they're injury-prone. So... That's why I've got the Spurs ahead of the Mavs. I got That's why I tipped the cap coaching just barely. And then I think injury problems for the Mavs have the Spurs in the playoffs for me. But I also like the young core that the Mavs have a little bit nicer than I like. Excuse me, that the Spurs have a little bit more than what the Mavs have. So I got the Spurs at eight. And then a team that, gosh, I root for. I really root for them in the West. But it just keeps getting tougher on them year in and year out. And it's the team that finished fifth in the west last year i think they drop a couple of spots this year because it's just the depth in this conference is incredible it's those feisty utah jazz and i think that i i mean i keep falling in love with them every year more and more i love rudy gobert i love donovan mitchell i think adding mike Connolly couldn't have been a more perfect fit you know, Joe Ingles is God. He's America's hero, and he's from Australia. <laughs> I just, I just love this guy. Jeff Green is a veteran. Ed Davis is a veteran. Uh, you know, Bojan Bogdanovic being on this team as well. Uh, I, I like, uh, I like Niang as well. George Niang, Dante Exum is still kind of working his way in as well. And then it gets a little, you know, a little, little murky for me. I like refreshing some of the young guys. Some of the rookies on this roster to me are interesting. Uh, Justin Wright Foreman is a kid out of Hofstra that can score the ball. Nigel Williams-Goss is a kid that's played at Gonzaga and Washington. That could be an, a, a really interesting player on this team as well. Listen, they have Emmanuel Moutier. As a depth player, he's interesting. So Knicks fans are like, hey, you know, he stinks. Well, remember, remember he had to play a lot of minutes for a guy that probably isn't good enough to do that. He doesn't have to do that on this team. And I think that can make him an even more valuable asset to Utah. Listen, because of the stars, Mitchell and Gobert, they're going to get to the playoffs. There's no question about that. But will they do any damage like they have in the past? God, I just don't think so. By the way, Mie Oni because is an up-and-coming player out of Yale as well, a rookie. I like his upside as well. He, he can play. So, I, I listen, there are options here, plenty of options. For the Jazz, I just don't think they're good enough to finish higher than 7th. If you think I'm wrong, I, you can make the argument. But I, I think the Jazz 
finish seventh. And I think that's just because of how good these next six teams are, number one. But but number two, I I just don't think that they are good enough on the offensive end. And I, and I think that's a little harsh. But I think defensively, they're, they're still very good. Listen, Mike Connolly is going to help out a lot on that roster. But I think I just think the teams ahead of them are a little bit better. I, I maybe that's a little bit. Um, maybe maybe you don't want to hear that as as a response. Whatever. It feels a little odd to say that. A little odd to say that in the West, but it's just the case this year. I, I like the Jazz, but I think they finished seventh. And the team I think that the the only their ceiling for me is sixth. And I think that they're going to be battling with this next team a lot. But the team in sixth that I have is the Portland Trailblazers. And there's two reasons for that. And number one, I think their stars are still better than what Utah has. I think Lillard and McCollum, along with some of these other supporting, you know, Rodney Hood, who's really been a great asset to this roster. You throw in Kent Bazemore. They added Hassan Whiteside, which is interesting. We see the old Hassan Whiteside. The Blazers are really a really interesting team as well. Zach Collins, Gala BCA, couple additions as well to the roster. Nasir Little is a rookie. Could be, a, could be the steal of the draft. I'm telling you that right now. Nasir Little could be that good. Gary Trent Jr. out of Duke is a stud shooter. Mario Hazonia is a player that could be a, an asset as well. You know, Pau Gasol, if he stays healthy, is a nice asset to have. I, you know, I wouldn't be worried about him. He could be out for most of the season. You know, Anthony Tolliver is getting up there as well. You know, I wouldn't, not so sure what he can give you. But Yusef Nurkic being back is a huge asset to what this team does. It just feels like Terry Stotts and his team, they just always find a couple of guys that come playoff time come up big for this team. So there might there might even be some players that we don't know about yet that could end up being huge on this roster and we don't even know yet. But for right now, listen, they won 53 games last year, good enough for third in the West. It's it's I'm not saying that's all out of the realm of possibility. I think Portland's a very good team. But their depth is a little lacking, at least right now. Not saying they can't prove me wrong there. But I also, I think the teams ahead of them are going to take a huge step. The highest I think they finish is fourth. But I think that, and listen, this is probably the four through six, maybe three through six, was probably the toughest that I had as far as choosing, maybe even two through six, to be fair. Because even, to be fair, number one's even debatable. But the Blazers, because of the problems that some of these teams ahead of them could face, they could finish third again. They could. But I have them at six. And I think that, honestly, even in sixth, they could make some noise next season. So watch out for them. No question about that. All right. We've moved on from Portland. Number five is the Los Angeles Lakers for me and two reasons here and I'm taking my time with the Lakers because they have LeBron James and normally that means first place second place or at least a one-way trip to the conference finals 
But as we all expected that are smart and know the game, the East is extremely weak, especially at the bottom. So for those that want to put LeBron on his throne, all right. He's a hell of a player. The best player uh, probably of the generation. But in my opinion, I think he's still fringe top five of all time. And that might be blasphemous to say, but keep in mind who he's been playing against year in and year out to make the finals. Last year he got hurt, and I get it. They were good while he was playing. But it's going to get even tougher this year for LeBron James. I think they make the playoffs. But listen, here's what he's got around him. Anthony Davis is a stud. He's the next great player in the NBA, I think, after Kevin Durant, if he stays healthy. I really believe that. I love Kyle Kuzma. I think Danny Green really fits well. He knows LeBron well. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a nice piece. JaVale McGee is not a nice piece, in my opinion, but they keep him on the roster. Quinn Cook's a nice piece. Jared Dudley is a nice veteran presence to have. Alex Caruso and Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, nice backcourt pieces. The draft, a little underwhelming for me. The only player of note, Jordan Caroline, probably isn't going to play a lot. I, I The reason I have them at fifth, the biggest reason, is DeMarcus Cousins' injury. I think if he's healthy... This season is going to turn out differently for the Los Angeles Lakers, but he's out for the whole year, it looks like, pretty much. He's done. That's a huge loss for the L.A. Lakers. I know how good Anthony Davis is. I know how good LeBron James is. I know how good Kyle Kuzma is. And I like Rondo and Bradley and Cook and Green and Caldwell Pope. But a lot of these are young guys. Some of them are veteran guys. But, you know, Rondo and Bradley pretty much past their prime. Danny Green is getting there as well. He's just kind of a spot-up shooter now. He can defend as well. You know, Quinn Cook's not going to win you a lot of games. He's, he's a role player. I love Quinn Cook. But, I, I again, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Davis, Kuzma, and LeBron now that Cousins is out. Fifth feels right to me. You can argue it all you want. This is not the same LeBron James, in my opinion. He's not going to last the whole season, most likely. He probably could get hurt again. And by the way, Anthony Davis is injury prone. So I'm counting my chickens before they hatch. That's what I'm doing. Or rather, I should say I'm not counting my chickens before I just mixed up the the saying there. I'm I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. I'm not going to hedge my bets here. I think they could get hurt. And why would I why would you disagree with me? They get hurt. Especially Anthony Davis. LeBron is going to entering his 17th season in the NBA. It feels right that that they're fifth to me. And again, I'm not saying they can't make noise in the playoffs. They can. But if but fifth fifth feels like the right spot for me. In the way the West is right now, I think fifth is fair for the Lakers. And to be honest with you, if they get fourth, I think they would take that. I think they would take that in a heartbeat with the way the roster's playing out. 
with, with the way that these top four teams I'm about to tell you could be playing this year. I think fifth is, is good, but I think fourth, oh, they would take that in a heartbeat. In fourth, I have your defending Western Conference champions, the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think that there's two reasons for that. Number one, listen, I, I think that the... I'll say this. I, I think that the the reports of Golden State's demise have been vastly exaggerated, is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, listen, Steph Curry and Draymond Green are still going to be healthy the whole season. Uh, I know they lost a lot of pieces. Uh, Kevon Looney is there. Alec Burks is there. You add in Willie Cauley-Stein, Glenn Robinson the third, Bigger adds, I, I think you look at D'Angelo Russell as a huge piece, potentially in this team, that Steve Kerr, I think, is going to work wonders with. I really do. I, I think D'Angelo Russell is a great replacement until Clay Thompson comes back later in the season. And Alec Burks being added in there as well, I, I like the rookies out of Villanova. I, I, or rather, the uh, second-year Villanova guy, Namari Spellman, and the rookie out of Villanova, Eric Paschal. I think they can really add a lot to this team. Jordan Poole, a kid out of Michigan, kind of like what Quinn Cook brought these last couple of years. I think Jordan Poole could be that guy as well. This feels like a team that can still do Jacob Evans, a depth guy out of Cincinnati. I really like the depth on this team still with the young pieces on this team. You're kind of starting over a little bit. Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, no longer there. And plenty of other pieces on top of that. You know, obviously losing, well, DeMarcus Cousins, who was already hurt. You lose Kevin Durant, who was going to be hurt for this year anyway. Now you lose Clay Thompson, who, yes, re-signs, which is great for the future of the, of the franchise. But as they move into this new arena, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I think this is a nice team to start with. I love Draymond Green's intensity. I think he might get frustrated this season. I'd be worried about that a little bit, him clashing with teammates especially some of the younger guys. But I, I really like where this team is at, at least right now. And when Klay Thompson comes back, this team can make some noise in the playoffs. Why not? Why, why can't Curry, Russell, Thompson, and Draymond Green with some depth you know, coming off the bench at all positions and some young guys that could really figure it out this year not be a threat? Steph Curry is still a star. Draymond Green is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And if D'Angelo Russell is still on his upward trajectory, when he comes in with with Clay Thompson being healthy in the latter stages of the season, I I like I like them at four, and I think I like them to maybe still make some noise in the playoffs. I don't think they're NBA championship good this season, but I I I don't think you can count them out for making noise. I think fourth is a good spot for Golden State considering what they might go through this season. All right, now it gets tough. Three teams to go here, guys. And you may already be doing the process of elimination in your head. Who's left on the list in the Western Conference? And it's it's tough for me, you know, as far as who, who finishes where. Um, at three, uh, I've got the Houston Rockets. And I think that they, that might be one of my more controversial picks because of who I have it to. And I'll get to them in a second. But listen, 
On paper, there's a heck of a lot of talent on this roster. James Harden, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella. You add in Russell Westbrook. Austin Rivers is there as well. Tyson Chandler, Gerald Green, and Ben McLemore. Listen, love it. I love that roster. I really do. However, there's one reason and one reason only that I don't have them at two, and I sure as hell don't have them at one. And that man is Russell Westbrook. Now listen, for those that know me and have known me for a while, you know that I am arguably a Russell Westbrook apologist. I think he's underappreciated in the NBA. I think it's a bad rap. He he is the hardest one of the hardest working, if not the hardest working players in the NBA. He's an he's a historic player for his triple double escapades and how long he's averaged a triple double for. That should be celebrated. But instead he's a compiler and instead he's not a good teammate and instead he does this and he's a toxic player in the locker room. I think that's all overblown. I really do. And I think it's because he's not great with the media. That's my two cents on that subject. However, there are now two of the same guy on the team. Can Russell Westbrook be the Robin to James Harden's Batman? And really, through Russell Westbrook, my biggest concern is James Harden. Is he going to be willing to get Russell Westbrook the shots that he needs? I like the supporting cast. I like the two stars on paper, but will they work well together? It didn't work out well towards the end of CP3's reign. Russell Westbrook still has, I think, three or four years left in his prime. But how is it going to work between Russell Westbrook and James Harden? Do you have the answer? Because I don't. So I'm putting them at three, and I feel very good about that. Listen, I thought it was going to work out really well with Paul George and Russell Westbrook together. It didn't. It didn't. It worked out well with Harden and Westbrook and Durant, but they never won a title. It's worked out okay with just Westbrook and Durant in the past, but they didn't win a title. I'm not saying that Houston is going to overcome that and win a title. What I'm just saying is that is the reason history does mean a lot. I think the Houston Rockets, until Harden and Westbrook show me something and show me that they're together, they could possibly, you know, shock some people and maybe go for a championship this year. I'm not saying they're not one of the contenders, but I think third is fair because that dynamic has to work out. If it works out well, they could win the championship. If it doesn't, they're just another disappointing Houston Rockets team that can't get over the hump. And I think that either one of those things are very are, are as likely as the other to happen. Third seems fair to me. And that is why, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Nuggets are your second place team in the NBA next season. I really love where this team is at right now. Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, Gary Harris. You throw in, of course, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton, Jeremy Grant. I, 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 you know, my inflection is telling you all you need to know. I love where this team is at. Listen, Malik Beasley, uh, Hernan Gomez, Juan Hernan Gomez. Uh, you look at some of these other depth guys, Tory Craig as well. Oh, Tory Craig, how good was he at times last year in the postseason? P.J. Dozier 
is a depth guy. And the X factor, believe it or not, on this roster for me is none other than Bull Bull. Yes, yes, yes. I think Bull Bull. He's a two-way player right now. He is a outside guy on this roster as far as playing time. But we've seen it before. When rookies struggle at the beginning, and again, the big thing with him is injuries, if he can stay healthy. If Bull Bull's available, come postseason time, Denver gets a lot more dangerous. They really do. For those that haven't seen Bull Bull play, and it's many, because he was hurt for most of last season at Oregon, if you saw his early stages, whoa. That's all I'm going to say. Whoa. This kid... If he stays healthy, is, oh my God, the next great NBA player over seven feet tall. He really is. He's that good. However, that's a big if. Same thing with Michael Porter Jr. This is a pick that they stashed from a couple of years ago. Missed the whole season with an injury after dealing with injury problems at Missouri. Could be a buy low, get, you know, buy low and then get huge rewards out of kind of a player two x factors for denver but i love the core that's in place they play team basketball they finished second last year and i think that they will again i think that the team that's in place their chemistry is amazing i i think that where they are as well as far as experience i think that this team can only get better with the experience they got from last year's playoffs I think Mike Malone's got a really good team here. And I think Denver finishes second again behind the team that I have in first place. Last year was just that feisty eighth seed that just barely got in and gave the Warriors a little bit of a scare. Even when they were fully healthy at the beginning of the playoffs. How can you not? I'm bought into the hype. The LA Clippers are my regular season champions in the western conference i think they finish at the top i i I mean Kawhi leonard paul george you throw in lou williams landry shamit you also have patrick beverly held over as well patrick patterson montrez harrell yeah roddy mcgruder now we're you know you're throwing in some of the you know depth guys as well mo harkless as well on this roster as well. I like some of the younger guys on this team. Well, first of all, Zubak as well. I like how they drafted. I I think Doc Rivers hit it out of the park. I think Fiondu Cabangeli and Terrence Mann, who were teammates, by the way, at Florida State. I got to see them up and close and personal in Hartford during the NCAA tournament. If there were two guys in this draft class that were Doc Rivers guys... They are these two guys. Fiondu Cabangeli and Terrence Mann, I think I think Doc are Doc Rivers' dream players. They're dreams. I think that they will completely buy into what he has to say, what he has to coach. They're really talented players, so naturally gifted. On the offensive end is Cabangeli. Mann as 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 gifted on the defensive end. I, I love them as players for the for the next level. I think they couldn't have gone to a better team and a better roster to help them develop. They're big X-Factors. Kawhi and Paul George, that's the best duo in the NBA, in my opinion, mostly because Kawhi right now is the best player in the NBA. I have no problem saying that, at least right now, because Kevin Durant is hurt and LeBron is no longer uh, peak LeBron. 
Kawhi's the best player in the NBA. He's got a great Robin to his Batman and Paul George who will be willing to buy in and an amazing cast of characters that already made the playoffs without them last year. That, to me, spells first place in the Western Conference. And in my opinion, the Clippers, I don't know if they're going to win it, but the Clippers are the favorites for me to win next season's NBA title. I never thought I'd say that uh, in this lifetime, but here we are. And I just hope you're willing to realize that Steve Ballmer is going to be all over the place on social media being that dad all the time uh, that's doing awkward things around his kids, if you will, his, his, his team, his players. Uh, there was already the report that Steve Ballmer walked in and was all uh, crazy excited when he met Kawhi, like he was a fan almost, walking in and meeting him, and Kawhi said he had too much energy, reportedly. Get used to that, because if the Clippers are as advertised, it's going to be a lot of Steve Ballmer all over the place this upcoming season. Just to recap, my thoughts, my picks on this season's Western Conference standings. Here are my predictions. I've got Oklahoma City in 15th, dead last. Memphis in 14th, Phoenix 13th, New Orleans 12th, Minnesota 11th, Sacramento 10th, Dallas 9th. Playoff teams, I've got the Spurs at 8th, the Jazz at 7th, the Blazers at 6th, the Lakers at 5th, the Warriors are 4th, I have the Houston Rockets 3rd, the Denver Nuggets at 2nd, in 2nd place, and I have the 1st place spot, Nice and cozy set up for the Los Angeles Clippers. And I feel good. I feel just as good about these picks as I did about the Eastern Conference picks. You may feel differently. Now's your time to let me know your thoughts. Uh, there are many ways you can do that at SJ7 on Twitter. You can look posting and toasting on Twitter as well. Hit us up there with your thoughts on my Western Conference predictions. Also, postingandtoasting.com. You can leave a comment there under the podcast post. Also, make sure you go on to iTunes. Leave the podcast a great rating and review. Everyone here at the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network would really appreciate that. Stay tuned. More good content to come. We're getting closer and closer, folks, to finally talking about NBA games. I can't wait. I hope you're ready for it as well. And I will see you next time on the Shock Jock Knicks Podcast.